for joining us. I hope you are well and safe. Uh, I know your home district of San Francisco has been particularly hard hit. President Trump is considering relaxing federal guidelines for coronavirus for some of the less affected parts of the country. Do you think he should? Well, first of all, let me just say how sad it is that even since the president's signing of the bill, the number of deaths reported has doubled from 1,000 to 2,000 in our country. This is such a very, very sad time for us. So we should be taking every precaution. Uh, what the president, his uh, denial at the beginning uh, was deadly. His delaying of getting uh, equipment to where it continues, his delaying getting equipment to where it's needed is deadly. And now I think the best thing would be to do is to prevent uh, more loss of life rather than open things up so that, because we just don't know. We have to have testing, testing, testing. That's what we said from the start before we can evaluate uh, what the, the, the uh, nature of it is in some of these other regions as well. I don't know what the purpose of that is. I don't know what the scientists are saying to him. I don't know what the scientists said to him. When did this president know about this? And what did he know? What did he know and when did he know it? That's for an after action review. But as the president fiddles, people are dying. And we, have to, we just have to take every precaution. Speaker Pelosi, when you say that the president's denial was deadly, um, he obviously downplayed the risks of coronavirus for several weeks, uh, and it wasn't until I, I think about two weeks ago that he started acknowledging the gravity uh, of, of the crisis. But are you saying that, that his downplaying ultimately cost American lives? Yes, I am. I'm saying that because when he made uh, the other day when he was signing the bill, he said, just think, 20 days ago, everything was great. No, everything wasn't great. We had nearly 500 cases and 17 deaths already. And in that 20 days, because we weren't prepared, we now have 2,000 deaths and 100,000 cases. So again, I, we really want to work in a unifying way to get the job done here, but we cannot continue to, to allow him to continue uh, to make these uh, underestimation, underestimates of what is actually happening here. This is such a tragedy that we don't even know the magnitude of it because we do not have the adequate testing. Our first bill was about testing, testing, testing. The second bill was about masks, masks, masks. Of course, it was about, both of them were about addressing the emergency. We still don't have adequate testing, and we still don't have uh, the protect, uh, personal protective equipment. We, and I thank you all for calling attention to the needs of our healthcare workers and other first responders uh, who are risking their own lives to save lives. So again, as, uh, let's review later what we should have done when. Let's now just stop doing the same thing, which is to deny and to delay and instead to get what we need for the state so they can meet their needs to the hospitals, uh, to our healthcare workers who are heroes, our first responders and the rest, so that they have what they need. So again, they don't risk their lives while trying to save other lives. Speaker Pelosi, uh, obviously Congress just passed and the president just signed a $2 trillion relief plan. Um, take a listen to what Governor Cuomo of New York had to say about that stimulus bill. Hi, I'm Rex Moore with The Motley Fool, and I've been to a very crowded CES for eight straight years now. 
And I can honestly say that there's one thing I'm seeing this year that I've never seen before, and that is one I was shocked that they were so irresponsible in addressing the state and the city need. Uh, I mean, I never believed that they would just pass a piece of legislation that didn't address it. You know, they, they just did not address the revenue shortfall. What's your response to Governor Cuomo? Well, we have to do more. I think this bill was just a down payment. Uh, we had in the House bill $200 billion. The final bill was 150. Neither amount was enough because, again, every single day the need grows. I've talked to the chairman of the Fed, the Federal Reserve Bank, Mr. Powell, and asked him, Chairman Powell, and asked him to do much more because they have the authority to do so, even more authority since we passed this bill. But we have to pass another bill that goes to uh, meeting the need more substantially than we have. We have other issues that we have to deal with in the bill in terms of uh, prote uh, personal protective equipment and an OSHA rule that protects workers. We have to do more family medical leave. We have to be able to make people who get tested also have their uh, visit to the doctor covered. We have to do more in terms of the assault on pensions that is uh, that that was not addressed, but Senator McConnell said we'd do it in the next bill. Uh, we have to address what happened to the District of Columbia, which was really cruel uh, that they called it a, uh, a territory, and hence they got several hundred million dollars less in funding. The list goes on about what we mm -hmm. have to do. And, and again, it is uh, the states, the municipalities, hospitals, and other health serving institutions need more resources. It's so self-evident. And I understand the governor's anger. I, my own governor, we have big needs uh, in California and other, other states in the union. We, why should the states and why should these hospitals uh, be having uh, questions about whether they're going to meet the needs, life and death needs? On the subject of mm -hmm. ventilators, for example, this is a life and death of Equipment. This isn't about let's breathe easier with the ventilator. This is about let's breathe, period. Good afternoon, everyone in America and around the world. This is All You Need to Know Radio, and I am your host, John Hollywood. People all my life have doubted me. They Then came the success of my first company at 19 years old. Now I've been on the radio for over 18 years with two different number one shows. Luckily, we have been blessed that way. Now I'm being asked, what is next? My response was very easy. In the words of the iconic Madonna, I want to rule the world. I want to 
do it in a different way, however. I want to educate the world with the truth where our country is right now. I am ready for the challenge. The question is, do you want to come along for the journey of your life with me? We shall see as All You Need to Know Radio starts right now. Good evening, everybody. everybody and welcome to all you need to know radio i am your host john hollywood and tonight or this afternoon the speaker of the house basically called the president of the united states a murderer plus we have a song pick of the week and we have a really cool segment we've never done on my show pet uh, expert pet expert And if you're looking to adopt a dog, look no further than Nina, N-I-A, N-I-N-A. Why do y'all say that we uh, get this this ball started? How about right now? purposely guys so just so everybody would know i'm in control so let's get to the show today we have our co-host copperhead say hello to everybody well that would help me if i uh connect him to the show (laughs) i'm like hi i'm here uh there you go let's let me do it one more time all right america and around the world uh, please introduce yourself copperhead 
Well, I'm Copperhead. I'm the co-host here at All You Need to Know Radio. That's right. And our incredible, constitutional, best in justice lawyer will kick your ass in court and take no names and take no prisoners, the great, the powerful, Amos. Say hello to everybody, Amos. Hello, John. Thank you so much for the kind words and the nice introduction. Now you can say that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the crazy one at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Everybody, we are live on Instagram right now for the next few minutes. Instagram only allows us to be live for 15 minutes, and then they cut us off. And I'm tired of getting Facebook's hate, so we're trying to work through that. (laughs) So, almost, I've actually been talking to a few of my friends about this in the last couple of days, and they don't really feel like Nancy Pelosi did anything wrong, but the words she used. Yeah, well, um, I generally agree. I think that uh, political messaging is something that Nancy Pelosi is pretty good at. Something that I'm often critical of the Democratic Party about, and I am a liberal. Longtime listeners to your show will know that I'm a liberal, but I'm often critical of the Democratic Party with regards to their messaging about the effectiveness of um, the Trump administration and the bald-faced lies that they regularly tell the American people. For example, you'll recall I'm very, very critical of the way the Democrats handled the Mueller report. However, I think that the gloves have come off a little bit with regards to this COVID-19 thing. Um, And I think it is appropriate to repeatedly and forcefully demonstrate to the American public that the president and his administration were not honest with the American public about the threat posed by COVID-19. And it's definitely led to an increase in cases and an increase in deaths in America. Um, And the accusation that the Democrats or Pelosi are somehow politicizing a tragedy and, oh, no, we have to stand by the president. We can't politicize a tragedy. It's, it's false because the president has already politicized the tragedy by intentionally downplaying it so that it would not negatively affect the stock market and not negatively affect his reelection campaign. So I um, – generally agree with Nancy Pelosi as well as your friends that it was appropriate to forcefully call out the president for not telling the truth about the coronavirus. I call it a Donald Trump. You say just the, you, you say enough to where people know what you're saying, but you don't break the law. And if anybody knows how to pay politics, it sure ain't Donald Trump, but Nancy Pelosi knows how far to push it. Mm-hmm. And she was eager to. If you watch this interview, she's almost jumping out of her pants because Jack, you can see Jake, Jack, Jack Tapper's Trapper, 
uh, on CNN. Is it you mm-hmm. on CNN on Sunday mornings and every day at three? Um, you could see his eyes kind of pop out of his head a little bit, like he was surprised she said that. And I was too. I like rewound it and tried to start recording it and start taking pictures and posting it because I was like, wow, she literally just pretty much called the president of the United States a murderer, which I'm not sure that I don't disagree. But she didn't say those words. And that's what Donald Trump And that's kind of what I mean about the, the gloves coming off and not pulling punches in a way that I appreciate where I wish she would have done similar messaging about, for example, the Mueller report, but I'm quite happy, I'm quite happy that it's happening now, and um, I'm just, you know, I'm also a realist and a pragmatist, and if you look at opinion polling, which fluctuates, you shouldn't give too much stock in any one particular opinion poll, but there have been a couple of opinion polls that have been released recently that seem to indicate that Trump has actually gained in public I'll opinion. Say it. I'll say it. His numbers mm-hmm. are in the 55s and 60s, which is higher than they've ever been, which means we have a b- right. bunch of deaf, dumb, and blind people, or they don't want to piss him off because they know how thin skinned he is and they won't send the medications he won't send the stuff he's already not sending all of it he's just sending half of it so maybe that's what they're scared of i i I just it it boggles the mind and i understand why you know i'm not uh blind to economic realities and the informational realities faced by many americans but it, it it boggles my mind that given the coronavirus response that you and I can see with our own two eyes, that he would actually increase in favorability. I I, I, under, I get it. I understand why it's happening. I just, you know, how many dumb people can there be? For 63 million. <laughs> Hey, Copperhead, do you have anything to say? I agree with you. It's it's amazing how you can watch him take credit for everything that Como has been pushing through New York City at the epicenter of all this crisis. Como lays out a game plan. He implements a game plan. He tells the government where they can help. Government shuts him down and tells him he should have ordered ventilators two years previous if he wanted to have them, that he needs to – that Como and the rest of the mayors need to – uh, kiss up to the government if they want anything from the government because it's a two-way street. You know he, they're not just there to give them everything. And Como mm-hmm. is like trying to save his people and calling Donald Trump out. Donald Trump's not even helping his home city. Donald Trump was raised in in New York City, but won't even bother helping his friends and families and neighbors survive this because he's too busy taking credit for everything that Como's doing and trying to spin everything that like maybe Como made the virus. Maybe Como stockpiled all the ventilators to make them desperate need, or maybe he didn't order enough two years ago when he needed them then. And so now he doesn't have them now. It's absurd. And for him to be able to constantly take the grinding stone to anyone who's more competent to him. And then for his, his numbers to go up because he's taking their credit is, is shameful to say the least. Hey guys, hold on one second. We've got some breaking news. 
invite everybody around America and around the world. We have some very, very sad breaking news. Chris Como of Primetime with Chris Como has tested positive for the coronavirus. He is self, uh, he's holding himself at home. What's that called, Thomas? Quarantine. Self-isolating? Quarantining? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. But uh, very sad news. Very, Mm. very, very sad news. What do you guys think? Well, first, I think you might be talking about Andrew Cuomo, not Chris Cuomo. Um, No, no, no. No, I think Chris Cuomo. Andrew Cuomo is his brother, and he's fine. Uh The mayor. Okay. The one that has a talk show on CNN tested positive. Okay. Trust me, one of them is really hot. This is real breaking news. I was not familiar with that. That's okay, but one of them is really hot, which is Chris, (laughs) and the other one's not. So I definitely know the difference. (laughs) Yes, sir. Um, So kind of big picture and thinking about how this crisis portends for elections, I actually think one of the most interesting pieces of news was the statement that Trump made yesterday that um, if the Democratic Party's requested reforms to voting in the stimulus bill, like allowing expanded access to vote by mail and absentee ballots, is passed, then I think the quote was something like, no Republican will ever get elected again. I heard that. And yeah, and that's, and I agree with it. I mean, he he's saying the quiet part out loud again, um, but it's really really interesting to think about even if the voting reforms are not included in part of the stimulus package, what's going to happen as a practical matter in November? Will the election still move forward? Is a big question. If the election does move forward. How will the voting be, take place? Will people wait in lines like normal? Probably not. Um, if the voting does take place like normal, will turnout be substantially depressed? Probably. Is that good or bad for the Republicans? It's hard to tell. It's, I, I'm asking a lot of big questions, and it's because I really don't know exactly what to expect, but there are some things that are worth thinking about about how this affects this November election, which is frankly important for the continuation of the American Republic. Um, Yeah. Absolutely. Let me jump in here real quick, guys. If you're just joining us, this is All You Need to Know Radio, the number one radio radio show in the world at our time slot. You have John Hollywood, myself as your host, your co-host, Copperhead, and uh, we have our best in justice, uh, constitutional attorney, just incredible all-around good guy, explains the law like you are not a – like you're somebody that he's not trying to talk over your head. If you listen to him, he's being very careful in the words he uses because he really cares about the law. And that's why we have him on this show. So uh, real quick, our sponsor tonight is American Wealth USA Group. Call 972-764-3120. I do know they're at, every, like everything else says, n- not the regular or normal hours. So one more time, American Wealth Group. American USA, I'm, re- I'm reading this wrong. <laughs> 
Help me, God, please. American <laughs> Wealth USA Group is uh, in Dallas, Texas, and is ready to help you with your debt. If you guys are waiting around on those checks for Trump, I don't know, guys. Are they going to come? <laughs> I think they probably will if you are paying your taxes. <laughs> so if you're filing tax returns, and so that that's what I've heard too. It's they're yeah. not really looking to eliminate anybody unless you owe child support. If you owe child support, you ain't getting dick. I, I think there's the also problem. some other, um, and I want to be very very clear to your listeners that I'm not offering specific legal advice for anybody's legal situation. But um, I think that other than child support, there are a few other things that would prevent an individual from receiving a check. For example, if um, they had a tax lien where they had failed to pay property taxes, um, the government would likely uh, apply the, the stimulus check to the lien. And Unless um, there are ten years other old. situations. Unless it's over 10 years old. Right. That's what I'm saying. There's, that's why I'm not providing specific legal advice, but there are several situations where there will be liens on um, or judgments or attachments or garnishments as to an individual's uh, property rights as a result of some prior legal matter. And uh, they may not receive their stimulus check but that stimulus check would be applied as an offset to those prior legal obligations. Now, <laughs> fancy words to say that a bunch of people who really need this money aren't going to get it. And uh, that goes back to the statement that I made, I believe it was on last week's show, that uh, these changes in the economy and the vulnerability of the uh, low-wage worker in the American economy is laid bare by COVID-19, and it is a strong argument for additional policies, um, West-wing policies for social safety nets, such as uh, paid family leave, paid sick leave, um, uh, government-sponsored, government-funded health insurance, and other things like they have in other developed countries like Europe and Israel and um, Canada and Japan. Why don't we have all that stuff? Hmm. Hey, real quick, guys, if you want to be part of the show, call 516-531-9990. That is 516-531-9990. If you want to chime in and give us your opinion and let millions of people worldwide hear your comments, please do. We would really like to hear, like almost was ask, asking a lot of really good questions and he's a he's asking them to himself, really, because I don't know the answers. <laughs> yeah, they're rhetorical. So 516-531-9990. Uh, so let me answer this question real quick. This is from the Federal Trade Commission, my mm -hmm. favorite people in the world. Uh, Jennifer launched the, the Associate Director Division of Consumer Protection Division as the coronavirus takes a growing toll on um, people's pocketbooks. There are reports that the government will soon be ending, will soon be sending out checks or direct deposits to us. The details are still being worked out, but there are a few really important things to know. No matter what it looks like, 
the government will not ask you to pay any kind of fee up front. So consumer alert, if you get someone calling you telling they have a check for you, then don't fall for it. There are no fees, no charges, nothing. And the Federal Trade Commission wants you to know about, about that. The government – Yeah, I can definitely see why she's doing that. People will be victim of, victims of scams as a result of this, certainly. I mean people are scammed by people from Saudi Arabia that send them a letter that says, hey, go put $100,000 in this account. And tomorrow, go back to the same account, and you can take 200000 out. People fall for that every day, and it's normally right. older people, and they lose everything. Anybody? Nobody? Well, mm-hmm. no. I mean, I agree with you, sir. I just uh, – I, I think that your listeners, you're right, should be aware that um, there are no fees or there are no strings attached Um to this proposed stimulus check based upon my understanding. I actually think the more interesting part of the stimulus for a lot of people um, will be the um, 0% interest loans that that could potentially go into grants if you are a small business owner who then uh, does not lay off their employees, uh, you, you, you can access funds under the new stim, the two trillion dollar stimulus law that was passed um, a couple of days ago. There's access to substantial um, funds for small, like mom and pop businesses that do not fire their hourly workers. Um, I know that several of my clients have asked me for assistance with that, and. I'm considering doing it for my own business um, because it's attractive financing terms. Um, I think that the $1,200 stimulus checks to individuals, you know, as stated by Sanders and others, you know, it, it's not going to last. They'll, they'll run out in a month or two. What they really yeah, need is <laughs> – Wages and a consistent job, and with 3.3 right. million people filing for unemployment last week, I don't know if that's happening. Well, but were you surprised at the dollar amount that they got that they asked for? Only two trillion dollars. I mean, Donald Trump spent that in two years. You know, I'm shocked by it, and I'm not surprised by it. Um, I think the two trillion dollars. You keep hearing the Democrats say it's not enough it's not enough it's not enough and it probably isn't but i am very very concerned about the audit of the two trillion dollars um my understanding is that 500 billion of those dollars so a full quarter of the relief package is supposed to be relief flowing to corporations and um there was not the trump hotels Right. Well, you say that, sir, because I know, Schumer. My understanding, my understanding is that it was Schumer who um, successfully negotiated that specific provision in the bill, as well as the provision that there would be an audit, that an inspector general would go in afterwards and audit where all the money went, and. Trump issued something called a signing statement, 
when he signed the bill, the, the release package he signed, and at the same time he, he issued a signing statement, which was a written legal document um, where he essentially said, I'm not going to follow the audit. I'm not going to do the audit. And the United States Supreme Court has weighed in on signing statements before and basically said that they don't have significant legal effect. You can't really do that. Um, right. It's essentially a line-item veto, which is unconstitutional. But um, he's doing it anyway. It, and Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, he's it, breaking all the laws, and he has all, right. the Supreme Court – like the justice, the the chief justice ran a ran a kangaroo court in the Mueller mm-hmm. room. That was just ridiculous. Yeah, the impeachment trial the other week, the, a couple months ago. I think you're exactly correct that you know he, he, the the conservative United States Supreme Court is unlikely to act with the kind of swiftness required to ensure that the White House appropriately spends this two trillion dollars. Or so here's a question. Billion. Here's mm-hmm. a legal question. Donald sure. Trump more than likely will not be president at the end of this year. Now, when you are in, when you work at a company and mm-hmm. Congress is involved, which that's a legal body of our country, mm-hmm. could he be criminally charged for not following their instructions? Um Criminally, probably not. Um, Civilly. I, I think the criminal charges that will occur, and one of the reasons why I've been so, I mean, frankly, alarmist about the distinct possibility that the November elections will be somehow suspended and that Donald Trump is very, very likely to cheat and is very likely or is at least somewhat likely to refuse to leave should he lose a legitimate election. Um, One of the reasons for that is because there are several other crimes to the stimulus package that he will almost certainly be charged with when he is no longer the president. Um, The most obvious is um, directing the conspiracy with regards to Stormy Daniels and – Michael Cohen, uh, where there is documentary proof that he made illegal campaign finance payments to her directed through his attorney to silence the story right before an election. Um, There's also pretty significant proof um, that the state of New York is gathering that he committed tax fraud and wire fraud um, for a number of his real estate projects. there's also potential other claims, um, things like civil claims of rape and things like that. Um, and I think that um, one of the main reasons why Trump is likely to cheat and is likely to uh, refuse to leave if he loses a legitimate election or attempt to suspend the election is because he's likely to be criminally charged as soon as he's no longer the president. Um, well, I'm, I don't think it'll be a criminal charge related to the stimulus package, but I think he will be criminally charged when he's no longer president. Hey, Copperhead, I want you to j- jump in right after this, but I know for a fact, and I'll say it right now, his daughter is about mm-hmm. to be charged in, by the Attorney General of New York. 
and her daddy can't do nothing about it because <laughs> he can only pardon federal charges. But he already paid $2 million to the court for the way they used the money. She's the one who signed the checks. And I looked online for the agreement. I don't see any agreement giving her um, immunity. So I think she's still going to go down. I've read. Are, are you talking about with regards to the charity fraud allegation? Right. Yes. Yes. Yes, sir. And and, and, and I believe I believe with the specifics of that case, you know, I don't want to make a misrepresentation about the facts, but I, be, I believe with the specifics of that case, um, the criminal action that could be taken would be against the head of the charity, and I was not aware that Ivanka Trump was, in fact, that person. Mama signed the checks. <laughs> I like the way you said that. Well, if that's true, then she could potentially also be subject to civil or criminal liability. Um, you know, I, 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 there's a lot of other stuff going on with Trump world, with um, – his business and his industry that is unsavory, uh, dealing with unsavory foreign nationals in far-flung countries like Panama and Azerbaijan um, to uh, commit fraud and uh, sell his licensing business as a hotel for grossly increased rates in order to personally enrich him on the name of the United States government. Um, and so I wouldn't be surprised that if – when he is no longer president, if he is still living, he faced criminal prosecution of some sort, which is why I keep pounding the drum that I'm incredibly concerned that he will do everything he can, lie, cheat, and steal more than normal to remain president through the November 2020 election. What do you mean more than normal? Uh, He's already at that stage. He just keeps escalating it from there. <laughs> hey uh, – uh, it's hard to describe, but I understand what you're saying, Copperhead. What do you mean more than normal? Um, I mean anything goes, all stops, um, everything that he could possibly do to lie, cheat, and steal, he will do. Hey, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch the script just a little bit here. Let's go back to the well, – Hold on, hold on one second. Hey, almost. do you want to take your two minutes or do you want to stay with yes, us? Yes, sir, I need to. Thank you very much for your consideration of my time. I would normally give you and your listeners more time. It's the middle of my work day. Um, <laughs> well, thanks my, for having me. You got it. Your, my, my, reasonable, like my, my overall – thank you, sir. My, my overall big-picture response to Nancy Pelosi's statement that Donald Trump is essentially – killing people in America because of his reaction to COVID-19 is good. I'm glad that she's doing appropriate messaging and taking the gloves off. My bigger picture concern is how COVID-19 will be abused and is being abused by the Republican Party to gain electoral advantage. Um, I can continue to believe that the Statement, vote blue no matter who is um, critically important to this country, whether Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, or some other candidate is the Democratic Party's nominee. You and me and all of our listeners 
need to do everything in our power to campaign for that person and against Donald Trump because another four years of Donald Trump may legitimately be the end of the American Republic. He's not going to go easily. We need to defeat him with the understanding that he is going to lie, cheat, and steal to attempt to unfairly sway the election. And with that, I bid you adieu. Adieu. Thank you very much for having me on, Joe. All right. Well, uh, Hollywood, we can't hear you. I cannot hear you. All right, there, there we you go. Are. So, uh, real quick, Copperhead, give us your opinion on this, and then we are going to have we are going to completely switch gears, and we're going to have the one, the only, N I N A. Everybody, say it with me. Ready, Copperhead? Nita. Nita! So tell us what you thought about all that other uh, everything he was saying because it was very right. informative and very he's, fucking he's scary. Got it down and making seeing all the angles that's really his strength. Seeing all the different political angles and where you can bend the rules and break the rules. He's he's so informed on that. I just sat back and listened. But uh, I want to talk a little bit about this stimulus bill and where it seems to fall short and where why it seems like it's some of it are kind of inappropriate. When you're looking at the facts that uh, every American is supposed to receive something like $1,200, an individual that's filed taxes and that sort of stuff, most people can't meet rent with $1,200, rather yet utilities or car payments or whatever else. And with about a third of the workforce now being laid off and unemployed, you now have a substantial amount of people that can sink the economy. Well, and I th- and I think that's something that we really need to address real quick. Let's take a quick break, and okay. uh, when we come back, then we're going to have Nina with us. And um, I'm so excited to have her, guys. If you are lonely and you need somebody to kiss all over you and love you unconditionally, we are ready to make that happen. This woman is the one that does it. This is All You Need to Know Radio with our only commercial break of this show. Once again, thank you to Amos. And uh, this is John Hollywood with my co-host, Copperhead. How's it going? And this is Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift actually took over Spotify, and I was completely blown away by who she actually chose to play, you know, who she wanted to hear. So here she is. There's no way other way to just say Taylor. Because I've got a 
mom you're gonna be. I mean, by the time this baby's my age, I'll be... Well, I'll be dead. You try to cook a baby in an old 1970s easy-bake lady. <laughs> I know it's a little early, but look what we got. Props for optimism, but that is never going to fit you. Will and Grace, the farewell season. Hey everybody, let's who this is. It's your favorite radio host, John Hollywood with All You Need to Know Radio. And I want to take some time out real quick to give a big shout out to an amazing law firm, Warwickshire Nunn. Guys, if you have any kind of legal problems of any kind, I mean, if you have personal injury, real estate, and um, business problems, transactions, if you need litigation help, uh, I don't know about parking tickets, but man, this law firm does everything. If you have been taken advantage of and you think you have nowhere to turn, let me brighten your uh, eyes right now and put a smile on your face. Call 972-863-9592. That is 972-863-9592. Ask for Hunter or Amos. And it is Warridge and Nunn. That's Warridge and Nunn. And they are a full-service law firm. They are so incredible, guys. One thing is they're trustworthy. The other is they actually will care about your case and explain it to you where you will be able to understand it. A lot of attorneys I've dealt with in my life, they like to talk over your head. Not these guys. These guys want you to understand you do have a choice. You've got to be the one that makes the right choice. If you're having any problems legally, if you're having aggressive if you're having aggressive problems in your life to where you feel like you just have nowhere to turn, I've got the place you need to turn to. It is the law firm of Warwick and Nunn at 972-863-9592. That's 972-863-9592. Or go to warwicknunn.com. Make sure you tell these guys, Hunter and Almost, that you heard about them on All You Need to Know Radio, your favorite radio show. And, guys, listen... Legal problems are just a thing of life. There are people out there that will take advantage of you. There are people out there that will make you feel that you have no options. These guys are rock stars. And in the courtroom, they are incredible. And they won't let you get taken advantage of. So... All You Need to Know Radio and John Hollywood recommend Warwards and Nunn. Call him right now if you have any kind of legal problems, any kind of legal questions. 972-863-9592. That's 972-863-9592. Warwards and Nunn, the law firm you need to know if you have any questions about things that are going on in your law. The law is a hard thing to understand. And I'm doing a longer commercial because I want to make sure you understand 
that I have dealt with very unethical attorneys before in the past. And these guys, you can hang your hat on. They are about building relationships with their clients. They want to make sure you understand legal services. They want to build partnerships. And they want to make sure that their clients' legal needs are addressed, no matter how small or how large. The one number you need to remember if you need a law firm is 972-863-9592. That's 972-863-9592 or warwardsandnone.com or email info at w-a-r-a-n-c-h-n-u-n-n.com. Thank you again. You won't regret it if you call them. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on All You Need to Know Radio, because all you need to know is Warwards and None. 972-863-9592. One last time, 972-863-9592. And holding it tight. Emotional touch. Touching my skin. And asking you to do what you've been doing all over again. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. Don't think I can keep it all in. I just gotta let you know what it is that won't let me go. It's your love. It just does something to me. It sends a shock right through me. I can't. So hard to come back to that song because you so want Faith Hill to be able to sing. Tim McGraw starts off with such an incredible voice on it, which I'd actually only like to hear that anyway after the last concert I saw with Faith Hill. But that was their number one hit, This Is Your Love. Everybody, welcome back to All You Need to Know Radio, the number one radio show in the world, thanks to you. We are heard exclusively on Blog Talk Radio live. You can call if you want to be part of the show of 516-531-9990. That is 516-531-9990. I know, 9999. All right, so guys, we're going to kind of shift gears from politics, which we've been asked to do by many, many people. And we're going to shift gears to your heart. And we want to reach really, really deep. And I want to remind anybody who is messing around on my microphone, I'm going to strangle them. That goes out to the world when you're, trust me, I hear it when I listen back to myself. I'm the worst at it. Um, let's see here. Who's doing that? Nina. <laughs> I think it might be you. Uh, so you might need to roll your windows up or something like that. But in any case, we'll we'll deal with what we need to because on today's show, Copperhead, explain what we're doing today that is different than what we've ever done. Well, we're trying to do a little bit more something that's everyday life of people, and this is a we have a a new person in our life. His name is Dax, and he is our mascot for our show. And we actually met him and Nina at the same time. That's where we got our. Uh, our hookup, if you will, for one of our best friends now in the world, 
he uh, has become the mascot for the show, and he's amazing. And it's all because of Nina and her kind of matching us up and finding uh, what works best for him. She got a lot of training done for him before we met him, and he's been amazing since then. And it's so props to you, Nina. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Can't hear you. Can you About hear that? me? Hey, Nina, can you hear me? Can you hear me now? I can hear you. Can you hear me now? Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, you are just so amazing, and I know it. Copperhead knows it. Let's let the world know about you and your pet adoption service and your foster service. And there's so much that you do. And she's a hairdresser. And boy, if you've seen her hair lately, Copperhead, you'd be like, that is not Nina. But she um, has a company called uh, Buddha and the Bull Rescue. And Nina, I'm going to let you tell the world about you. Take the floor. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me today. Um, You know, it's one of those things that I've always been passionate about animals and, and dogs. And I never realized the need or how many dogs are euthanized or homeless until I moved to Texas. Um, Texas is one of the top states for euthanasia. Um, and it's, it's sad and awful. And naturally I began fostering myself and the feeling you get of finding a dog, a home that is forever is it's kind of addicting. And I started out with, you know, one or two fosters. And next thing I know, you know, I'm up to multiples in my home. I won't disclose the number because it's a little crazy for most people to comprehend. But, you know, the need is there. And it's, it's become more than a passion project for me, for sure. Um, I started out helping another rescue out. And their beliefs quite line up with mine. And so last April, I finally stepped out and started my own rescue um, with the help of some amazing uh, colleagues and friends, they've definitely more than friends now. It's more like family. Um, and we all have the same passion for just, you know, getting dogs into the homes that they're meant to be in. Um, it's not easy, that's for sure. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things that when you're making a difference in things in the community that need to change, um, you have to be that change and showing people a better way to treat their animals and what it truly means for a dog to be in a home forever and changing the thought process of how um, dogs are brought into homes is really important. You know, there's a lot of major steps that I think a lot of people miss when they're bringing home a new pet and just the, the ill thinking, the old way of thinking of, you know, you need to start with a puppy and who's ever raised a puppy before knows that's a lot of work and there's, Devil, there's so many good dogs in the, the shelter that are older that are home. They don't necessarily have to be a, a pup to bond with you. So. No, I think we actually got ours uh, when we met him, right? Um, he's about two and a half, three, yeah, around that. Yeah, that so, and he's he's puppy-ish. He still has some puppyism, <laughs> but he's definitely – you did a great job about training him. And as far as you talking about your job not being easy – watching you kind of tear up and as you were handing over his lead and, you know, it, like I could see that, that moment of 
emotion kind of gushing out. And you say you have double digits dogs, but you would treat every single one of these dogs as somebody special, as something hard to give up and hard to, uh, but you want them to move on and you want them to uh, progress and grow. How do you choose the partners? How do you choose the dogs to the humans and that sort? For me, it's when I bring a new dog in, I do my best to really get to know a dog. Um, the quirks, the behaviors, you know, what can I help to improve the dog? I would love eventually to get into training because I think a big part of rescue not only needs to be finding the dog a home, but making sure when the dog goes into its next home that it is better off than when you pulled it out of the shelter or off the street. Um, so it's really important when you're placing a dog. It's not just about the fit of the dog for the home, but also the fit of the home for the dog. Um, for instance, if you are a couch potato who never goes outside or goes on walks, putting you with a dog such as a husky or a higher energy dog is not going to be a good mix. So making sure that people aren't just choosing dogs based off of looks, that they're really choosing based off of almost like, it's like choosing a mate. Yes, you a can choose style. a mate that's beautiful to the eye. But when you get down to the nuts and bolts, you know, there's certain things you want to be able to do with this life partner, and you're not going to be happy down the road if all you're getting to look at is a pretty face. Um, well, it's like so you're, gonna, really you're not going to buy a Versace dress for a Walmart run. You know, you're not going to buy something pretty for something that you're going to be doing every day. You're going to find something that matches your lifestyle and something that matches exactly. that you can easily accessorize and easily use and fits in your lifestyle, not pigeon-toed. So, Nina, exactly. you mentioned – yeah. You mentioned that you have a company. Tell us about your company. Tell us about how people contact you if they're interested in adopting. You know, I hear this and I see these sad shows. We used to be with the, oh God, Sarah McLaughlin. Sarah McLaughlin. It really just turned me off to her after so long. Because, I mean, they ran them for years and years. But I don't think it has to be that way. If you just teach people how a dog will change their life like you do, it, it, it's, you, there's no words. I mean, I love my Dax. I changed his <laughs> name when I met him. Go ahead. By a letter. <laughs> um, okay, so getting a hold of us, we are a 501c3 nonprofit rescue. That means we run solely off of donations. Um, all of our dogs are in foster homes. If for whatever reason a foster does not work out, they will sometimes have to go to boarding, which is something I try my hardest to not allow to happen. Um, it's very hard to get a dog once it goes into boarding into a home. Um, I feel like I'm kind of that doorway. I've saved a lot of dogs from going into boarding. I'd rather they just come stay with me. And I have a really good knack for behavior Definitely not a trainer, but um, will help a dog. I've really learned how to hone in on decompression, which is my soapbox talk. It's something I talk about with every adopter, every foster. It's something I find myself on Facebook when I see somebody having issues with a new dog they bring in. I realize it's something that is not very well known in the dog community. Um, and so with that being said, you know, we really hone in on when you bring a new dog home, helping you establish the right steps to take transition to happen. Um, but we are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. Both of those are Buddha and the Bull. We are working on our website right now. We have one up, but it's kind of hard to read and use. But we will have a new site up here shortly. We're based out of I'll Dallas, tell you what, Texas. 
I tell you what, if I can help you with any of that, I'm really good with social media. Ask anybody uh, if you can, <laughs> if I can help you with uh, promoting Thank anything. You. Like when we figured out you were going to definitely come on this week, we put like five or six posts of your posts. We just copy and paste, you know, shared them to our page. And we immediately started getting a few private messages from people that were interested. So say somebody sees you on Facebook in California, but you're in Dallas. How does that work? You know, here's the thing. I'm really not big on being a rescue that transports out of state. I would like to be able to have access to our dogs here. Um, but the thing is we as rescuers have such a big network. It's not just me against every rescue. It's not here for competition. So I know people in California and if somebody's wanting to adopt or foster, California is just as bad about uh, dogs and euthanasia and homelessness, homelessness and, and animal cruelty as we are here in Texas. And so, you know, keeping it local is really big for me too. The way you change communities is not on a national level first. You have to start internally and locally. So my encouragement would be to look at local rescues in the area. Look at what you can do to volunteer. I understand not everybody can foster or adopt at this time, but there's other ways you can help. There's going with a shelter or a rescue group and walking dogs or temp fostering is a big thing. You know, a lot of foster town or, you know, need an emergency happen. Yes. So reaching out locally and finding out, and I can connect people with places in other states. And if I can't, I can find somebody who can. I'm really big on working with people who are around here for things that may be needed. Um, But there's other ways that people can help too. You know, um, there's wish lists that we have. Everything we do in this is all donation-based. Of course, a lot of my daytime job, which I don't have anymore, but um, a lot of that money that I make, is not spent on vacations. It is spent on, I just bought two very expensive dog kennels to have peace of mind for dogs that may be a little bit more anxious and try to get out. Um, There's, you know, food that we have to provide for these dogs. The medical alone, I mean, I just had two of my dogs um, stay yesterday and come to find out one of them, you know, also was um, early term pregnant. Unfortunately, we didn't know until we got in there. But she also had to have her teeth cleaned. So, you know, you go in for a routine spay and all of a sudden you come out with a five, six, seven hundred dollar vet bill. And that's just one dog. And, you know, we do not charge extra on our adoption fees for dogs that may cost more medically. So there's so many ways you can help. And people in California, you never know if you share one of our posts who may see it, who may be in Texas that are able to adopt or foster. Um, well, but you're not- more involved, you know. You and I will talk before we post anything further, because if we need to say this is only available in the Dallas-Fort Worth area or however you want to say it, I would rather say that than somebody waste your time in California. Somebody reaches out to us and we can connect them with somebody there that saves a dog. To me, it's just as as, uh, amazing as them adopting a dog if they lived in Texas. A dog saved is a dog saved. I don't care if it's from a different rescue or a different state. That's what we're all here for. So if somebody needs to find resources and they need to reach out, that's not a time waste at all. Uh, can't hear you again, Hollywood. Hollywood, Hello. can't hear you. Hang on one second. I'm sorry. He's having mic problems. 
I'm so sorry. I said, I think you would be a lot. Sorry about that. I'm having some microphone problems today. Um, okay. So what I was saying, though, is like people in California, it'd be better for the, not to waste your time or their time because I know how much time you put into what you do. And um, I, I, you can ask uh, Copperhead. I was completely blown away. We were blown away. We had already been put in one position where uh, one of the dogs had bitten him in the face and you know that's something i never expected to happen because i'd only had one other dog and everybody knows who that is but uh nina i'm looking at your facebook page that has just a bunch of cute little puppies on them tell us who you have who who do you have up for adoption right now um i believe we have about 30 some dogs and it might be a little bit less we've actually had some um, that were adopted but our most right now, um, we've got Norman, who I just made a post about today. He completed 12 weeks of obedience training at Starmark Academy outside of Austin. Um, and he is currently with his trainer, who is from Mumbai, who is training him in Houston until she's able to go home. Um, she's not able to make it home right now, so she asked to keep him at her family's house in Houston and network him. Um, Norman was actually one of my personal fosters before training, and he and his brother, who's Rocky, have been in boarding, had been in boarding since September of 2018. Um, they're both AMSAFs, American Staffordshire Terriers, and little Norman is definitely part of my heart. Um, he was with me from September up until Ju- uh, January. It says on here he is slightly timid at times until he gets comfortable with people. What does that mm-hmm. mean? So when you first meet him, he's, he's nervous not around him. Warm, he's not one of those warm, fuzzy dogs that just is really. He's he's a dog that needs work on his confidence, um, which training definitely will. So what's going to be really important for somebody who wants to adopt Norman is the commitment to continuing his training because he absolutely thrives with it. Um, As you see on this video, he's doing all sorts of tricks. He does advanced healing, um, attention healing, which is he's in the heel position and giving you his full attention regardless of distractions around him, which is amazing. Um, But, yeah, he is a great dog. He is dog-friendly with slow intros, but would never be probably a good dog park dog. Hey, guys, right now everybody out there listening for, for all you need to know radio, Anybody that adopts a pet within the next 10 days, all you need to know radio will pay 25% of that adoption. So right now, Nina, tell them how they get a hold of you. You and I need to seriously talk because I'm looking at this and I'm getting some really good ideas. So okay. the next, it's for the next, how many people did I say? I lost my train of thought. Copperhead, I know you we heard. Said, we, said, we said 10 people. Uh, did I say 10? Okay. You want to go 10 or you want to go 5? Let's do 10. Okay, so through the next 10 people that get in contact, and Nina lets us know that the adoption, the adoption, adoption, wow. someone help me. It's been a long, long day and a long, long uh, day, 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 day back in the back. It has been a long year, and it's not really even halfway over. But anyway, anybody that has a clean adoption, and they will check you out. They do background checks. They don't do – I don't think – I think you said they don't do criminal background checks. What kind of background no, checks? Cause we basically do – our requirements are this. Um, we would have you submit an application. I'm going to give you a phone call and tell me 
what I'm going to ask what they're looking for in a dog because we don't just put any dog in any home. We will make sure it's going to be a good fit for both parties. Then we'll proceed with like a meet and greet where I would bring the dog and it's not going to be, if there's another dog in the home, it's only going to be about the people. Um, one of the first things I stress when bringing a new home or dog in, into a new home and you have a second dog, you do not worry about the bond of the dog. That's not important off the bat. The important bond is going to be between the dog and the owner. Um, so we'll do a meet and greet. And then from there, application submitted. Um, we check references. Uh, if you have a current pet, we're going to check your vet. We want to make sure that, you know, your current pet was well taken care of. That way we can ensure our dog will be well taken care of as well. Um, and then, of course, if you rent, we are going to do a check with the landlord to make sure the breed is accepted or the size or the weight, any of that. Make sure the dog is accepted where they live. Um, once that's been approved, then we would move to bringing the dog in. Um, adoption fees are 275 for adult dogs, 350 for puppies up to a year, and then seniors are eight years plus, and those are 150 um, and that includes they're going to be fully vaccinated, spayed, neutered, microtripped as well. Now, and so how do they get I know that everybody wants to do a puppy as like their first adoption. Tell us the advantage yeah. of having a senior dog at home. So let me tell you this. I honestly don't even like adopting a dog into a home that doesn't already have a dog. Puppies are a lot of work, and people think they can handle it. They say they want to mold this dog into what they want it to be. But I've seen time and time again where – I've pulled three, four, five, six months old dogs out of the shelter for the reason they didn't know what they were doing or have the time. Adopting a senior or an older dog, you're going to miss a lot of that teething phase. They, for the most part, will have a basic understanding of potty training. Um, I think most people's fear of adopting an older dog is that it's going to have all these issues. But I guarantee you, I'm not going to bamboozle anybody about a dog going into a home because I do not want to have a dog returned. So I'm not going to paint this picture of what the dog is. I'm going to give it to him straight. I'm going to say these are the quirks. This is what you're going to need to work on. Um, but when you take in an older dog, you're you're giving an older dog a chance that somebody else gave up on. Um, and that's, you know, it's really heartwarming to say I was a part of giving a life to a dog versus anybody can take a puppy. Just because you take a puppy doesn't mean it's going to be a good dog. There's a lot that goes into that. Right. Older dogs rule i've had puppies and i would much rather have an older dog so what age would you say would be a good age when you say older dog um honestly over two getting through that two-year-old phase a lot of the there's a lot of um hormonal changes that happen around the age of two so once you get into you know the three fours and fives and sixes and up um it's a whole different ball game I agree with that. They're bratty phases, their teenage years. Well, I know that when you came over and we did our meet and greet and we looked everything around and you thought everything was great and we were going to get to definitely get Dax, I didn't want you to leave. I didn't want you to leave either. (laughs) Well, thank you. Copperhead, I think you agree with that, right? Oh, yeah. We were definitely smitten by him from the moment he walked in the door and he's He's been brilliant. We, Like I said, we bought him when he was two and a half, and having him potty trained and having him know basic commands and know uh, kind of the pecking order and everything like that, he's been highly responsive. Don't get me wrong. He's still a puppy He's still ADHD. He still gets into mischief every once in a while. But for him to be able to 
not have to go through all the, the strenuous training and all of the frustrations of he pottied here or he tore up this. It's It's been a lot more of a breeze than we thought it would be. Absolutely. Well, my, Our, and my biggest go ahead, thing Dana. Was coming in too, my biggest thing was coming into you guys and saying, hey, this is Dak. If, you know, these things are his weaknesses and what he needs to improve on. In order to help him, this is what he's going to need. You're going to need to set up boundaries and, and show him expectations and all of that. And that's what I'm really big on is setting you guys up, setting the new family up, regardless if it's foster or adopt, setting them up for success for the transition. Because that transition can be rough. Who knows how many times that dog's been passed around, you know, home to shelter, given up on. And so I'm really careful about when a dog goes into a home, if it's really, really ready. And I know a lot of times when a dog goes into a home that's kind of had issues before, there might be, there's probably going to be a whole other decompression phase. Just because they were solid and relaxed in my house, I had to earn that. I had to earn what that dog needed in my house. And he had to earn what he needed to be there too. So starting off, it's not always going to be what you see in somebody else's house. It's going to take your work and dedication as well. So it's going to take someone like you. That's what you do and you care about it and you care about the animals. And so you know what to look for and who shouldn't have an animal, just like everybody shouldn't (laughs) have a kid. (laughs) I mean, that's very true. Okay, so one more time, give everybody your contact information, and Copperhead and myself, we will pay 25% of your adoption fee, but you have to do this in the next 10 days, and Nina will let us know. Let me tell you something. There's nothing like coming home to Dax. He's so loving and gives me the bath of my life if I haven't taken one, and he just loves to go run around, so he keeps me young. Copperhead, he's a how about snuggle you? Dog. Yeah, he does this. He's definitely, a, he's definitely a snuggle dog. He's definitely for the size he is, he thinks he's a lap dog, uh, and he's he's so goofy. Like he likes to make people laugh intentionally. He does things intentionally to make you laugh. I agree with that. All right, Nina, let's get time. this going and see what we can do about getting some some yeah. qualified, Guys, that's amazing. qualified that's such a great, people. Amazing. Yes. Um, you can reach my email is going to be info, I-N-F-O, at Buddha and the org, And we can be reached on Facebook, which is Buddha and the Bull, as well as Instagram with the same handle. That's right, guys. And Buddha is B-U- D D H A and the Bull Rescue. And she's yeah. right there on Facebook, her beautiful face, Nina, and all these little puppy dolls surrounded by. I think we're gonna see if we can have you as a weekly or a bi weekly guest if you don't mind, because I don't wanna see any I wanna do everything we can with our platforms. Don't you, Copperhead? Yeah, a little buddy of the week. I like buddy of the week. See, he's so I smart. Like that. I like that. That's why I keep him around. Keep him around longer. <laughs> he's not going anywhere. All right, so give everybody your information, and thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me. Again, it's thank you, Nina. info at buddhaandthebull.org, and you can find us on both Facebook and Instagram as well. All right, guys, and all you need to know, Radio Copperhead and myself will pay 25% 
of your adoption fee, but you got to act now. Thank you so much, Nina. Have a wonderful Thank night. You guys. Bye-bye. Absolutely. Bye. Ended in tears in the yellow porch light Thinking it was love, but it was just 17 Hey guys, we're going to let you listen to a little bit of Trisha Yearwood. Get ready because we're going to talk about the stimulus bill, the $2 trillion bill that you're going to pay for pretty much. Copperhead's got some really good thoughts about it when we come back. Here's Trisha Yearwood. Like every girl in this town. everybody so that was every girl in this town and trisha yearwood oh boy my microphone is doing this thing again with these cords come on now there we go so you're growling at us am i still growling at you a little bit all right so let's do this let's finish the rest of tim and uh faith's song Get into the studio real quick. And holding it tight. Emotional touch. Touching my skin. And asking you to do what you've been doing all over again. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. Don't think I can keep it all in. I just gotta let you know. What it is that won't let me go It's your love It just does something to me It sends a shock right through me I can't
Okay, guys, this is John Hollywood, your host of All You Need to Know Radio, and I wanted to give you guys a special treat. Um, one of my really good friends. Hey, guys, Ty Herndon here. You know, this song's always been very special to me. 25 years ago, I walked in the studio and recorded this song, and now I'm about to sing it for you the way I wish I could have sang it for you then. I thought I knew the boy so well. If he was... Well, Mr. Herndon, I know you knew the boy so well. So uh, let's let you listen to it a little bit more. It's, we'll be right back. Hey, guys, Ty Herndon here. You know, this song's always been very special to me. 25 years ago, I walked in the studio and recorded this song. And now I'm about to sing it for you the way I wish I could have sang it for you then. I thought I knew the boy so well. If he's gone, the fault is mine And I know, I know A whole lot of little things And even though I can list them one by one Oh, he will still be gone His eyes are blue hair was long at 64. He was born in Baton Rouge. His favorite song was in my life. I memorized his every move. I knew his book, his car, his clothes. But I paid no attention to what mattered most. I never Never said, and when he cried, I turned my head. He dreamed his dreams behind closed doors that made them easy to ignore. And I know. Nothing more His eyes are blue His 
So that's the country music superstar, Ty Herndon, and uh, friends at the show. And uh, he had a couple of albums coming out, but unfortunately, because of everything else that's going on, it's not going to happen that way. So um, Copperhead's with us. Let's talk about the $2 trillion. I know, it's the biggest stimulus package ever. Uh, it's definitely something that's going to be in the history books for a long time, and this is going to be what's interesting is how it trickles down. We've, in my, what, last 10 years, we've already had the buyout of the auto industry, the support for the banks, and now with this virus issue, the health of American welfare. And these are some major buyouts, and it seems to be more of a trend now than the exception. And how we have spent those monies in the past have really kind of changed and framed our whole society. In the past, uh, when businesses and large bodies have been given stimulus packages like this, they end up buying back their stocks and bonds and creating a better profit for their shareholders and stockholders. Meanwhile, they terminate their staff, excuse me, they terminate their their employees, which increases the workload per the, the employees who are stuck around, who are left there, and makes it more profitable for the company that way too. So it's not, it's never been beneficial to the American people to have a stimulus package like this. Even if we get a, um, a bonus check in the mail, we eventually have to pay it back in either shortchanging ourselves with amenities or uh, infrastructure or things that we need as a nation, or we end up getting higher taxes the next time around so that we can pay back what we borrowed effectively for this stimulus. So thinking through some of these faux pas that we've done in the past and some of the mistakes we've done in the past, I've kind of come up with some ideas for how to escape through this, this whole epidemic, pandemic without causing problems down the road. And it hey, something like this. Can you hold on one second? We have some serious breaking news. Just when you think our stupid president cannot go any further, he does. Donald Trump has just admitted to, uh, to a press conference that Trump says he is withholding within the federal government 10,000 ventilators that need to be in hospitals. Can you believe that, Copperhead? Why did he say that he's holding those? He just said he's not saying why. Donald Trump never says any why as to why he does anything. Now, keep in mind, there are now more than 787,000 novel cases around the world. The U.S. has the most confirmed cases globally, more than 160,700. More than 3,000 people have died in the U.S. to date, to this very time. The U.S. will reach a peak resource use on April 15th, is what they're saying. A new World Bank warns COVID-19 could bring recession to countries in the East Asia and the Pacific and push 11 million people into poverty. If Trump would so have let me get this straight, some- too. We're talking about the ventilators that New York City has been needing desperately for weeks that are being stockpiled by the president, and he can't get it to his hometown, the city that raised him and put him on a platform that he's on. You have that exactly right. Well, it's nice to know that he's loyal. Sadly. 
sadly. Sorry about that, I, but we did need to break in with that breaking news. But uh, this it is part of what we're going to talk about here with the stimulus package. I mean, it's $2 trillion. It's not nearly enough. And the reason I don't even flinch is because Donald Trump spent $2, million, uh, $2 trillion, I think, in a year and a half. And on tax breaks and all that other crap and his golfing and just make me want to throw up in my mouth. But, Copperhead, I'm going to let you take the floor and tell, and I'm going to respond whenever I feel like I need to. But I'm really interested in hearing your ideas and what your thoughts are. Well, my biggest concern is that whatever kind of money that we take out of the till has to be paid back somehow, whether cutting corners and cutting money out of the arts and education programs that we have for our schools or programs for our, our uh, welfare state, or whether it's even infrastructure and growing our economy, that money has to come from somewhere, whether it's our def- defense budget or our military budget. It, it, we can't just print money and it magically fit into our society. So how do you get a hiccup like this, like the uh, contravirus, and get over it without sinking your economy? Well, in the past, they've always been giving a lot of money to large corporates, and corporations and letting them kind of figure out how to do their own money and divvy it out that way. Well, the problem with that is is that you have a whole bunch of companies who use it irresponsibly to strengthen their own business instead of strengthening the American people. Now, if you give money to individuals, we tend to also find something shiny or we find a good deal or something like that, and it tends to also be used inappropriately for some people. So how do you keep this legit? Well, my suggestion would be something along this lines. We start with um, freezing mortgages and and any sort of lease. So if you have a car note or if you have a home uh, mortgage or a, a rental agreement with somebody, that you're able to freeze that for, let's say, two or three months. Now, this is just a freeze. This is not something that you're being excused from. This is not something you're being pardoned from because per your contract, per your lease, you're responsible for this money. What we need to do is at the end of your lease or your or your loan to go ahead and put those months at the end of your loan there. So it's just kind of like a three-month freeze. Past that, if you have a rental, your rental months of frozen time will be built into the remaining months of your rental or, if need be, a couple months after your rent. What this does is two things. A, it frees up some money for people to be able to secure things like food and utilities. And then also for um, the housing industry not to suffer or have to give up money that they were promised through contracts, they don't have to just write that off the books as a loss. Um, This also keeps it so that every American, whatever they're affording now, is what they're responsible for. They're not trying – we're not trying to pay the rich. We're not trying to pay the poor. We're paying for ourselves. So it makes it a kind of a fair value past that. Same thing with utilities, uh, telecom. your utilities that revolve every month, if we can put a pause on those and then pay those out uh, in installments, the parts that are frozen over the continuation of the of the uh, utility or of the bill, that would be awesome too. Past that, the government needs to sink a lot of money into our infrastructure and uh, hospitals, so medical fields, so that we can both research, quickly transport where we need to transport the equipment and needs and quarantine and section off and heal the sections of uh, the United States that are infected in a timely manner. It should be completely transparent. The government should be able to organize the mayors and get them to uh, 
get our, our corporations together so that, that everything is kind of streamlined and that you're not having the mayor of New York bid on something from New Jersey over the governor of, of Oregon. It, right now, with too many fingers in the pot, you have bidding wars, which just drives up the cost of everything. But this also hurts us in the long run because it takes longer for these supplies to be agreed upon, created, and then shipped out. Where if the government was doing their job and having this streamlined, they could quickly get orders in, get the get the products made and shipped out in a timely manner. Uh, past that, uh, giving money into the medical field. If you have a virus, this is a pandemic. This is not something that uh, is going to be very – if you're only giving $1,200 as a stimulus package and you get sick, you're out that $1,200. I mean that, that $1,200 will pay for your uh, medical bills if you don't have appropriate insurance already. So what about the guy across the street who doesn't get sick? Well, now it looks like he's kind of gotten double tack tap, tap of blessing because not only has he gotten his $1,200, he gets to spend it on whatever he wants to. Well, if you put the money into the medical field and you're able to waive uh, issues that have arisen from this controvirus, get our medical fields, our medical and insurance and pharmaceutical companies taken care of as far as paying them what they deserve and still being able to take care and quickly and calmly heal our nation so that people aren't waiting until the last minute because they don't have insurance or waiting until it's too late because they don't have the appropriate uh, medical care that they end up causing more panic or more spread or more uh, poor choices that we're able to quickly and organized take care of everything. Uh, I think that would help us. And then once again, that money that we can't hear you. Hollywood, we can't hear you. All right, thank you. Uh, <laughs> if you're just joining us, uh, I hate to interrupt Copperhead because he's making some really good points, and uh, I don't want to let him go to the government because we might get something actually done. But anyway, this is All You Need to Know Radio, uh, the number one radio show in the world, thanks to you. We want to thank you so much for always coming back to us and always just being there for us. I'm John Hollywood, your host. This is your co-host, Copperhead, giving you guys some valuable advice. Make sure you are listening closely. Uh, I'm going to turn the floor right back to him. Today's show is brought to you by American Wealth USA Group, and here's Copperhead. You know, finishing out, it would, uh, the infrastructure needs to be tightened up with our education system and the option of having stay-at-home schooling or uh, shelter-in-place kind of schooling situations, especially with this kind of surprise. It leaves a lot of our – I'm curious what's going on with our senior classes, both in college and high school. Are they going to be able to graduate on time? And if they're not, uh, what kind of steps are they taking to prepare for their future? That kind of puts them in a hiatus, which is going to be really awkward. And plus, all these okay, so I actually that, have an answer about that uh, because there's a couple of my friends that are graduate that are supposed to graduate this year. They're pushing the graduation to closer to the end of the year, and I know that's not what everybody wants to hear, but at least it will be gra- they will graduate at least this year. There are going to be some kids, just like you said, that will not be get all the funds and joys of that they should get. Through no fault yeah, like of their own. And homecomings and yeah, exactly. But uh, I did have an answer to that, so I want to jump in there with that. There you go. But that would be uh, it would be strengthening our nation to be able to have that shelter in place kind of educational system, at least for a short term, and be able to uh, pay teachers 
line to be able to be online as course curriculum teachers and be able to do these one-on-ones if they need to or large class forms if they need to and help these students get the education and actually be able to learn instead of wasting time at home or twiddling their thumbs wondering what the timeline is for their education and be able to progress with their life. Um, Past that, it's going to be, it's still going to cost money. We would still have to, like I said, with the medical fields, with the educational fields and with the infrastructure and be able to uh, donate money into those fields. But once again, we're not going to be looking at a $2 trillion stimulus that we're eventually going to have to pay back to the, while corporations uh, make poor choices or individuals make poor choices, this is all made kind of for you to an extent. You're not be receiving money individually, but it'll be in places that you need it, such as the medical fields, such as the educational fields, and be able to put your life on hold as far as bills go so that you're able to appropriately pay them as your economy grows back, so will your bills. Yes, I am in favor of spending more. Just turn your mic back on. Yeah, I got it back on. Yeah, so can I actually, you are in favor of suspending mortgages for, I think it's 90 days is what Clay Jenkins did, and here in Dallas. Um, and then what about in the electric bills and the cable bills? Even the cable bills, I mean, I'm starting to see uh, commercials for AT&T that says we will not turn off your cell phone bill. We will not turn off your cable bill. Those are things that occupy people, especially they're already going stir-crazy enough. Can you imagine if they also had no electricity well, and that, no like, water? I mean, if you're, if you're working at home, what are you going to do if you can't um, or talk to the people that you work with? Um, that being said, you I, I totally support this. If, if um, individual corporations need to kind of make decisions on their own as far as what they can afford, but being able to uh, give discounts during this, the couple months because they're going to see a different change in how their uh, networks are used. And it's going to be a fascinating kind of study to see if Netflix and Hulu are able to survive some of this, uh, but how they utilize their networks now versus how they do during a corporate economy high that's going to be a different thing um seeing how people have adapted their lifestyles because they are staying more green not using as much fuel staying at home and cooking for themselves how they've uh how they use their gas and electric at home is really going to be dictating kind of where they may change some of those lifestyles and find out it's better for them in the long run um but having those utility bills kind of looked at as an individual company and being able to uh, I mean, it'd be great to free them, but I would never ask a company to just give free money. That's that's something great if they could. But being able to, um, if it's a rental or a termed kind of purchase program, go ahead and put those missed months at the end of the month without any sort of interest, without any sort of fee. With any sort of um, ongoing bill, like a electric bill or whatever, take six months or a year and split the that we are frozen or whatever into those 12 months. So it will be a little bit more expensive for those 12 months, but it's something I think that most people can afford or can at least plan for and adapt to for the short term. Uh, So my biggest issue would be making sure that the individuals are taken care of with their homes, with their um, utility bills, with if they have the option of needing uh, medical uh, facilities or, or medicine or equipment, and having access to their uh, medical professionals, and then also being able to continue on with their lives. So their jobs, their schooling, or their home life, being able to adapt to that and being able to uh, 
continue on to some sort of new normal without it being something that we're just kicking a $2,000 debt or $2 trillion debt down the road that we're going to have to figure out how to pay back to our tax funds. What if the kids that are going to miss out on their proms and things like this, and I know this sounds kind of stupid, but what if they all did a virtual prom? Do you think that would be sufficient? Or do you think, I mean, do you think that's the way we're headed? Or, you know, because I'm seeing, like, Garth Brooks did a concert in his living room, and it got millions of people that watched it on Facebook. They just I did something with iHeartRadio last night. I'm just asking, what's your opinion of all that? Do you think it makes any difference? I think this will be the um, interesting generation. So these classes that have these milestones, whether you're going from junior high to high school or high school to college or graduating college or graduating medical school or stepping into the first year of your business and then being sent home to work from home, these are all very interesting kind of situations that these changes happen very, very rarely like that. And there's some milestones such as prom and homecoming and uh, first day at work and, you know, that you kind of, we're expecting that are now kind of jerked out from underneath you. There's no way to replicate those or replace those, but there is kind of a way to create your own memories and your own uh, memorable moments kind of stuff, having a virtual office or having a virtual prom, you would kind of have to see for the individuals, what would be satisfying to them, whether or not it would be uh, wait until a year from today and have, you know, a, a comeback prom or a, I don't know, uh, a virtual prom online where you can kind of have a chat room. We used to do that in old school Yahoo AOL days. Uh, whether or not it's, it's, I don't know. There's, there's got to be some creative people out there doing some creative things. I know these, these virtual concerts, celebrities and um, uh, performers being able to give private viewings to private select people. That would be kind of a uh, on-demand kind of situation where, you know, a high school may rent out a, celebrity performer and they would be able to virtually uh, have a prom with you know all their students being able to witness a same life event kind of thing and I think that's that would be definitely something interesting and something to look into uh, past that is some things you kind of have to kick down the road a little bit yourself like so if your first day of work and the first day of work is you're staying at home and working from home because this virus kind of kicked you in the at the start date, well, um, build yourself a birthday cake kind of thing and be like, day one. Uh, and he can. He can build a birthday cake out of anything. <laughs> he doesn't, it doesn't have to be just like an original birthday cake out of the box. And that's where we are in this country, boys and girls and ladies and gentlemen, is we are in a uncharted territories. Well, and it's going to so, be interesting seeing how, how, like I said, the utilities are going to be manipulated with a lot less people. Everyone has seen how quickly gas prices have dropped. I know the environment has had a 25% reduction in greenhouse gases. I know that China can see their sky and New York's talking about haze that's been lifted off of their smog. And there's some major, major changes. Now, when people look at this, is this something they want to continue? Is this something that they want to continue healing? Is this something that they want to better their world in? And if it's enough people that want to do that, what steps are they willing to take to create that ongoing? So you may find out that gas prices will stay down because fewer people are going to be taking the uh, individual bus, uh, individual vehicles and take bikes or um, mass transit. You're going to find out that people may fear mass transit because they're afraid that's where they got the virus. Um, but cooking from home, are restaurants going to be able to keep up with the people who pick up a new hobby? 
Are health clubs going to be suffering because people bought enough equipment during all this to work out from home that they need to cancel their gym memberships now? So it's going to be an interesting way of how this reshapes our economy as a whole. And if you had a crystal ball, what would you say would be the steps and how would we prevail? Um, I think it's going to be finding out what you need as an individual and uh, adapting your lifestyle towards that, making some some conscious decisions. Don't just swim through life and kind of assume that what you've done in the past has worked, so we're going to work that way and it's going to work and that will be that work. Um, look at your alternatives and see what, what choices you've had to be forced to make now. Compare them to the old choices. Find out what way out weight, what works best for you, what works best for your family, your community, and your uh, nation, and choose that what's best for everyone. Um, past that, practice it, do it, commit to it, and then help others kind of develop their lifestyles too and help uh, support that infrastructure. So if you're a bike rider now and you need to have more bike paths, find more bikers to get that going. Um, I know that New York City was talking about how many people were coming over the bridges just on bikes alone and how much of an increase that was. Well, that's a lot less gas that's being spent every day. That's a lot less fuel. That's a lot less power for people like dictators in the oil companies, in the oil uh, countries who kill our journalists. That's um, a lot less money that's in people's pockets who don't need it. Uh, it instead, that, that empowers the people of the, you know, uh, renewable energy world, and that helps us as a nation become healthier. So move forward to it. You know, people who learn how to cook and have learned how to take care of their families and don't have to spend $75 on uh, junk food from Taco Bell and can turn around and cook the, a meal for $35, you know, they save a lot of money, a lot of uh, health, healthy choices for their family. That's going to help us as a nation. Uh, it's going to be interesting that you have to make conscious decisions for yourself and build off of those. I totally 100% agree with you on all of that, and the things that you were talking about in the stimulus package, I mean, I have to be honest with you, it's like, is it 1,100 pages or something crazy like that, and I just honestly haven't had time to look at it. You actually looked at the check, oh, I must, let, let's uh, wait for the two-minute warning. You actually looked uh, where with making sure that you have your – talk about having your uh, direct deposit information, where right. people go to do that and things like that. That would be so helpful. Guys, if you are not on direct deposit, get on direct deposit. If you can open a bank account, go online and open a bank account. They'll open you one online anywhere. There's banks everywhere. All you have to be able to do is give the government a routing number and an account number and your legal name attached to the account. So, Copperhead, go ahead and I also tell think them that, uh, what PayPal you about and that. I think PayPal and a couple of other services uh, do direct deposit also. So you don't have to open a bank account. You can do a, a third party kind of like that too. Okay, go ahead. Uh, pay, so how did, how did you set it up? Did you How did you find out about it? Because I tried looking um, it up last night, and I, just, I couldn't find where to look. For most major banks, you should be able to find your uh, banking and router number uh, pretty quick to the top. Um, if you have a checkbook, those old antique things where you tear pieces of paper out for money, uh, <laughs> those will have your, your checking and routing number on the bottom of those. And if you're on PayPal, look at your account number, and they'll have your routing number on there also. They'll have a tab for your direct pay. I'm sorry, your direct deposit. Either right. way, go to um, the 
what is it, IRS.com, and be okay. able to uh, look at your direct deposit. You look at your put in direct deposit uh, information on there. Um, I will try to make something to put on a post so that we'll have that actually typed out for our friends and families that are listening, and we'll be able to. But it should be pretty straightforward. They're not hiding it from you. Absolutely, and if the IRS, if you're, if you like, if you received a refund last year and it was put through through a direct deposit, and you're still with the bank, they already have that information. But you still want to go on because we're not looking at getting this money for at least two to three weeks, guys. Two to three weeks. Okay, Copperhead, this is your two-minute warning. Well, it's pretty obvious. Make some conscious decisions about what's best for you and your family. Businesses, if you're out there, see what you can choose to do as a business to help your communities. And then everybody better uh, chip in. This is one of those times, like just like after 9-11, where we have a chance to come together and show the rest of the world what Americans can do and how we can thrive even through the midst of all this turmoil. So do what you can for others and take care of you and yours and do it for the betterment of everybody. And we are so lucky to have someone like Copperhead on, you know, being our co-host and being uh, the voice of reason. Because me, I'm the voice of directness. Uh, I have learned a lot of how <laughs> – what now? Voice of passion. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm uh, – I'm, yeah, I like that. Thank you for that. But uh, I – call. I think one of the reasons our show is so popular, and I just cannot, and Copperhead and everybody with All You Need to Know Radio, we cannot thank you enough, is because we're not afraid to answer the, the hard questions. And like almost, he's a, he's an attorney at law, and he doesn't dance around. You know, he's like Pete Buttigieg was when he very first started running for president. He doesn't try to jump around and give you the answers that he thinks that you want. And uh, they're not always going to be the best answers, but I will promise every single person out there, every Tuesday at 4 o'clock, we will give you an escape of your life. All you have to do is participate. I see a lot of people participated that did not participate last week, and it's so cool to see that our show is actually being heard outside the country. What do you think about that, Copperhead? I think that we're definitely an example of what could be, and it's interesting to kind of see that cross-culture of ideas kind of float out there in blog space. So I I would do it. I mean, I listen to several other shows, so it's definitely an interesting thing for them to listen to us. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, with that, we are out of time. Thank you so, so much for joining us. Uh, We want to thank Copperhead for taking time out of his busy schedule because, believe it or not, even though he is sheltering in place, and he is um, he is sheltering in place, and he is um, physically distant. He is physical distancing. Remember, they've changed that now. It's no longer social distancing; it's physical distancing. I guess they feel like we're children. I don't know. Regardless of that, let me just tell you in all somberness and all the realness that there is in the world. People are going to die from this disease, and there's going to be people that you know, that I know, that are going to test positive. That doesn't mean you're going to lose that person. It just means you should be taking care of yourself anyway. And the fact of the matter is, like, you wash your hands to not get this disease. Why are we not already washing our hands? Why are we not already doing the general hygiene? So just do the things that you need to do to take care of yourself. Stay at home, 
you know, reach out to your family and friends through FaceTime and things like that because you need the connection with the outside of the walls of your house. I know I do. I just walked outside and I did a post and just sat out by my tree, and it was one of the most freeing things that I've done in a long time. So we're going to get through this. The government's telling you June. Believe more like August or September, sadly, but who knows? But with that, I'm John Hollywood, your host of All You Need to Know Radio, thanking you once again for making us the number one show in the world. We'll know in about two minutes if we still remain with that title. I see no reason that we wouldn't with everything we've talked about tonight. And uh, with uh, the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, basically calling the president a murderer, which I'm not going to say I disagree or don't disagree. I'm not sure it's right that someone in Nancy Nancy And Nancy's position should say something like that about the president during the times that we're in basically war. I will not call the president a wartime president. No way in hell. This is all his fault. But there will be a day of reckoning for Donald Trump. Everybody just stop bashing him. We are no longer going to run his uh, videos. We will only be running scientists or we'll be running doctors, but we will not be running his lives. And with that, I bid you adieu and good night. And remember, keep reaching for the stars because that's where it all begins. Never let anyone tell you how to love, who you can love, or how to make your dreams come true. Good night, and it's live from Dallas, Texas. Remember, stay home and save lives. Take care. Yeah, cause I can see you